Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You have every right to be outraged today and angry and never watch this network again. But do you think staying in your silo and only listening to people you agree with is going to make that person go away? Hey, everybody. Welcome into a special episode of the Can We Please Talk podcast. As always, I'm Mike Leon. And I'm Nick Severi. On the program today, only one story has dominated the headlines. This past week here in America, as the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, went on CNN and did a town hall up in New Hampshire, Nick and I, with everything that happened, as the night unfolded, the reactions from everybody, and should CNN have done a town hall with the former president? More on that. In just a bit, and in our final segment, Tucker Carlson, Elon Musk, a match made in heaven. More on that in our final segment. You know, Nick, normally you and I, we come on here and exchange pleasantries. How you doing? Tell me how's everything going. Uh, who cares, right? We know how we're doing. We know how everybody knows how we're doing. We're fine. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm a little hoarse because I was telling the other night Julius Randle to get back on defense and clearly he wasn't listening as I was yelling at my TV. So uh, that's a Nick's reference for people that don't watch the NBA. But one thing I was yelling at, semi-yelling at, as I was watching this in parallel, if you didn't see this town hall that took place, I want to dive right into it because this has been the talk of everywhere, right? It was trending on Twitter, the clips across YouTube, the linear networks. Obviously, the main network that housed this town hall was CNN. And some of the reaction that took place from former CNN employees, people at other networks, competing networks. I mean, it just runs the gamut. We're going to take everybody inside all of this and our takes about not only the town hall itself, but should the town hall have even taken place? First, I want to give everybody the context of 
how this came to be. About two weeks ago, CNN announced on air that they were going to have a town hall uh, midweek in May uh, with the former president of the United States. And obviously, he's a front runner for the presidential nomination from the GOP side. Right. And I thought it was kind of weird just because the timing of it, you know, a mid-May town hall. You know, we're still not really in the upswing right now of, you know, presidential election and campaigning and stuff like that, even though he declared um, his run a, a few months back. Ron DeSantis is nearing that. And then there's been other people that have announced Nikki Haley, for example. But, you know, it, it just it just seemed, seemed weird to me to have something mid-May of a non-election year in 23, uh, you know, where you're having this town hall just kind of in the middle of it. So the question for me kind of lingered of why is CNN doing this now? Why is it even Donald Trump doing this right now? Wouldn't you rather do this later on in the year as we get closer? Because it's always been known that voters have short attention spans or memories and things like that. So there's that perspective. But then once the town hall started and once the question started to flow and once the moderator, Caitlin Collins, we're going to get into her in a second, if you don't know anything about her, once all of this started to unfold, for 60, 70 minutes that this was on television and the reaction afterwards, it was pretty stunning to see. Let's play a little bit of the town hall here. Nick and I are going to react on the other side. Take a listen to this. That was a rigged election, and it's a shame that we had to go through it. It's very bad for our country. All over the world, they looked at it. I hope we're going to have very honest elections. We should have voter ID. We should have one-day elections. We should have paper ballots instead of these mail-in votes. If elected president again, what is the first thing you would do to help bring down the cost to make things more affordable? Drill, baby, drill. Will you pardon the January 6 rioters who were convicted of federal offenses? I am inclined to pardon many of them. This woman, I don't know her. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband, nice guy, John Johnson. He was a newscaster, very nice man. I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying. Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying. So the town hall, you heard some of the clips there. You heard some of the people clapping. You heard some of the questions that were there, too. We're going to get into all of this in just a second. I want to play all of this for people to really listen to, because, again, we learned earlier this week that about 3.1 million people watched that town hall. There's 336 million people that live in the United States. So that's way less than 1% of the population that was watching this town hall. However, the clips that went viral because of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, and all of these other outlets covering this town hall for the current front runner for the 2024 presidential nomination, it's imperative that we talk about all of it, the process, the content, and even the after content. And what do I mean by that? Right after the town hall, CNN had a focus group, about six or seven New Hampshire folks that were either Republican, registered Republicans, or independents. Now, I'm going to play a clip from one of the people that was on that semi-small panel of Republican independent voters. They weren't actually at the place where this was being shot at. They were in a separate room. I forget where they were, off location. And they were asked by one of the CNN journalists there that was covering this. They wanted to get people's reaction in real time, right? Does this move you? You voted for him in 2016. You didn't vote for him in 2020. What do you think of this, that? 
And there was one little mini exchange I'm going to play here from the CNN journalist talking to a woman who hasn't voted in the past two general elections, and she's a registered Republican. Take a listen to this. Yeah, she's a Republican. She didn't vote in the past two presidential elections. How come you didn't vote, A, and B, what do you feel about the continuation of these lies about 2020? You know, I don't know what's a lie anymore, but I think there needs to be a new narrative. And what's the new narrative? Current, current situations that are, you know, involving all of us. It's, it's tough to keep a, a straight face when you hear something like that, because I know what a lie is, right? You know, if, if, if a shirt's black and somebody tells me it's white, well, clearly that person's lying, right? So I know what a lie is. We can get into that in just a second, Nick. Um, let's talk about this town hall. Let's talk about everything surrounding it, the creation of it, the president of CNN, Chris Light, wanting to have more moderates, Republicans featured on the network. They worked to create this town hall with the GOP front runner right now uh, for 2024. They picked a moderator to do this, Caitlin Collins, for people that don't know who Caitlin Collins is. She currently hosts CNN This Morning. She's been a White House correspondent for years. She's worked at other networks as well. Um, but she's also known for not being the best uh, moderator. She hasn't really done any moderations of like debates or other panels. She's very good at lately. She's been doing studio shows before she was doing press corps stuff, right? Like interviewing the president, not only Donald Trump when he was in office, but former president Biden until she recently got upgraded to host and anchor of some of these shows. So I would say she's a little green in terms of, you know, moderating a forum like this, whether or not this was actually a forum to moderate and, and everything's kind of predestined to go the way it did, that's for a separate conversation. But I want to give people all of this background and context before we kind of dive into our takes here, because this town hall is being talked about by pretty much everybody. So, Nick, I, I'm interested from your perspective right now, because I, I'm giving this background about the network, right, the person moderating it. The reason why they're doing it with Donald Trump, he's an, a front runner for the office of the presidency. I've maintained a lot on social media that you can't talk to unserious people, right? We've talked about it on this show, right? Like, I'm not going to invite Marjorie Taylor Greene on this program tomorrow. I'm just not. We're just not going to do that. We're not going to have Lauren Boebert on. We're not going to have people that are not serious about enacting legislation or policies that will af directly affect their constituents. Lauren Boebert, her constituents in Colorado have had a few mass shootings recently. She doesn't want any part of limiting weapons of mass destruction of which she has posted photos with her family having them. She doesn't want to enact legislation or work with anybody across the aisle to enact sensible gun legislation in her state where literally two towns over from where she lives has been a recent shooting, right? So we're not going to have that person on because that person's not serious. So I struggle with this because CNN is a news network, a news organization. Um, their CEO said in a meeting recently that not only the town hall was good, but it, it made news. And that got me upset because as a news org, you're not supposed to make news. You're supposed to report on news. You shouldn't be in the business of making news. But I'm curious from your perspective, like, what do you make of all of it? I'm still befuddled by this idea that Trump is is the front runner. 
Like, did I miss something? Have we had a primary? Has it already been determined? You know, every poll that is reported on average, you're usually looking at a sampling of about 1,000 to 1,500 people. And there's been a few polls. So, yes, his numbers are, you know, faring far better than Ron DeSantis, who still hasn't officially, you know, made himself the nominee, because if he did, he'd have to actually give up his governorship in Florida per, you know, Florida state law. Uh, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence and the like. So clearly against those polls. Yes, that's people. That's, you know, who the people want. Um, but it seems off. It just seems presumptuous to put him on television. But, you know, this is but this has always been the case with him since 2015. You know, he for many people, not me, but uh, they, he's found it to be entertaining. Um, he draws numbers because he says stupid things that just seems to be you know, what feeds the um, the desire for anti-woke or whatever nonsense that uh, predominantly uh, ill-informed white people like to eat up. Actually, that's not true because there are a fair amount of black people that also eat this crap up, too, and uh, Latinos as well. And, you know, runs the gamut. You know, 40 percent of people in this country voted for him in the last election. So. You know, there's obviously an audience there. Um, so it, but is it newsworthy? You know, if we're going to use the definition that we apply it, can we please talk about serious people and not having unserious people on? We, we wouldn't talk to this person. You know, once again, you know, Trump leads off just peddling lies. You know, it's a corrupt election, but apparently 2016 wasn't corrupt. Um, you know, the people on January 6th were good people. This was all misunderstand. Like, he's just playing the hits at this point. It's like it's almost like he just got a quick text from Steve Bannon as to what things he should say. And you repeat it. I, I was stunned because at this point, you know, the number of people that would vote for him has probably shrunk a little bit. It clearly did between 2016 and 2020. Um, and yet he still thinks that this is the way to go. You know, he's he thinks it's it's funny to talk about a, a rape victim who was found by a jury to be who deserved to be awarded five million dollars. So clearly something happened Um, to Anderson Cooper's part about, you know, listening to the other side. You know, w- would you have also like would have Anderson have listened to the other side of, say, Stalin? Like that's what that's that's the marker now we're going to do. Should we have also listened to the other side of Osama bin Laden? Get the hell out of here. That's dis- that's disgusting. Yeah, but CNN, you know, I can't even be upset about CNN, honestly. It validates, I've brought him up several times on this show, or I should bring him up more often, actually. But my my professor at Rutgers, and I think you may have had Professor Bill Solomon's class as well in the history of media, and, and Professor Solomon had talked about this. The second you apply a profit motive to a news organization, it is no longer about about producing news. It's about generating revenue. And that's what CNN has done. What's funny about them is that when Chris like like became became CEO, there was already the idea of, well, let's move away from where we currently are, which if you want to say that we're going to move away from being left leaning, overly progressive, very anti-conservative, that's fine. But if your answer is to do a complete 180 and give a platform to to the former president who has not even won a primary yet, then what you're telling me is that what we've realized on this show is that, you know, being conservative, being MAGA sells. Right. It's why we don't do that here. But CNN just put on the red hat on Wednesday night. That's essentially what they did. As far as Caitlin Collins, I feel bad for her. She was ill-equipped to handle that interview. 
Um, I would be of the mind that the Trump campaign probably put some stipulations in to say who gets to decide that they get to decide who is going to talk to the former president. And they probably handpicked her because she they knew that she probably would be one of the less aggressive moderators. And moderate is such a is such a silly term here. Like you, this is an interview, right? But you needed someone who was going to call the former president on his BS. And she did to some extent. But the second he leads off with, you know, this was a rigged election, cut the mic, cut the mic, turn off the cameras and leave because you can't deal with unserious people. He's a liar. He's a pathological liar. Almost everything that comes out of that man's mouth is a lie. And CNN just said, whatevs, let's just rake in that money. It was funny to me on Twitter seeing people say, well, CNN should be ashamed of itself. And this is ridiculous. This isn't journalism. That one is true. That was not journalism I saw last night. But to think that CNN did anything but celebrate is naive at best, ignorant at worst. This is what this was. Chris Licht, President David Zaslov at Warner Discovery. This is what they want to do. And if you're looking for a surefire moneymaker in politics, it's Donald Trump. I don't know why. I don't know why ignorance became funny. I don't know why ignorance became entertaining. I never watched The Apprentice. I never had any desire to watch The Apprentice. You know, I trust that CNN will give equal sway to or an equal platform to, you know, when the Democratic nominees determine, which in this case is the incumbent president. Right. So but I will say this in, in closing here. Shout out to the Biden campaign, who's done a really good job of campaigning on this, because within minutes of that town hall being done, clips of, of that man's idiocy in the former president was immediately put forward as part of a, a Biden campaign ad, which, again, to the Trump supporters means nothing. But to young voters, people have been showing up in 2020 and 2022. It was a call to action. And to that part, that part only, I would say, was the victory last night. Yeah, well, all right. Let me try to steer us back here, uh, listeners. Um, well, I mean, a lot, a lot of the stuff that you said there, uh, Nick, I agree with a lot of it. Like, let's be honest, right? CNN can do whatever they want from a content perspective until a governing body that controls television, until the FCC says you've gone too far and you've got to pull that, or until you know a major. Um, cable, excuse me, a major MVPD, like an Optimum or Verizon's like, we're going to shut down CNN channels from our subscription packages, right? So you can't watch CNN anymore. Until somebody does that, CNN can put whatever they want on air. And Chris Lick, like, I forgot how to pronounce his name. He's feeling it, right? Last year, David Zaslov came in, the, the president of Discovery. And obviously, since the merger with Warner Media, he is now the CEO of, of both companies, right? And he oversees HBO and all of the Warner products, CNN, et cetera, et cetera. Now, as everybody who has listened to the show, if you're a first time listener, I worked at Warner Media for 15, you know, 15 plus years. And I also worked for Discovery uh, before the acquisition. So I happen to know David Zasloff. I've met him a few times. I've presented to him uh, a project idea, which actually ended up turning into something that you all use right now. So um, I, I know what it's like to be in those meetings where you're trying to talk about revenue generation and an idea, right? That you have that maybe this will take off either from a digital perspective, a linear perspective. So I, I kind of sit in this world of like, I get why CNN did this and they're also allowed to do it. This guy's a front runner. 
for the highest office in the land. This isn't like, you know, uh, like we mentioned before, like I mentioned before, this isn't Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, on a one-on-one interview with Anderson Cooper. Like, I don't think they would do that. But you saw CBS in 60 Minutes did that, right? So um, it, 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 that's beyond the pale to me. Like, I don't know why you're doing that and interviewing non-serious people, like I mentioned before. But I get why CNN's having a town hall with the former president of the United States that has already announced his candidacy. And by recent polling, is shown that he will not only win the nomination uh, for the GOP side, but he could potentially win a general election. Now, the issue I have is, and I'm taking this now, I'm going to take you folks inside the news perspective, the insider perspective. Um, The issue I have is whenever you go on television, as somebody who's been on TV a few times, they send you over topics you're going to discuss. Okay. They don't necessarily give you the questions, but they give you the topics. So you can prepare and have a good dialogue, right? And then you have the host that will flow through however many guests are on your segments. Uh, The times I've been on TV, it's always been, you know, two other guests with me. The times I've been on other podcasts, sometimes it's been one guest with me, right? So you have a back and forth banter, but everybody gives you a set list of topics we want to talk about and cover. Nick and I do that right now. I don't tell people the questions that I'm going to ask them. Now, in this town hall format, he knows the questions ahead of time. It's this has been why if you don't know about this and, and I'm shattering the glass for you mentally, like they know the questions that are going to be asked. Right. So the issue I have is if you're going to do something serious like that without attacking him, I heard Bill O'Reilly say this on News Nation, like the goal is to interview him and get answers to questions, not to attack him. So, like, how do you dance that fine line? I don't know how you do it, but I will tell you, Caitlin Collins is not equipped to do it. I know she's not equipped to do it. I gave you a rundown of, of her before. And as somebody who has watched her and the way she's taken off career trajectory wise at CNN, she's not equipped to do that. She's just not follow-ups and really getting in depth from her perspective, just from a prepared perspective, because she's planned with her producers, right? This is where he's going to pivot. He's going to do this. He's going to say that. How do we combat this? How do we combat that? That's what the note cards are for. That's what the IFB in her ear is for when her producer can say, move to this or ask him this, do that. Those things are very tough to juggle in an environment that's hectic with 400 people in the crowd cheering this guy on. It is, and apologies for my voice there, but it is very hard to manage. It's very hard to manage. Nick and I do a show right now. We'll interview a member of Congress on the show. They don't, again, they don't know the questions ahead of time. They know the topics we want to cover. We have a back and forth. And if we want to follow up, we have a process, Nick and I, so that we don't talk over each other. All right. I'm just giving you a little bit of inside, uh, insider knowledge here, right? So planning this from a television perspective takes a lot. What I would have loved to have seen, I said this is somebody who's on television right now, Fox News. Uh, her and I were texting back and forth. I said, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to hear Chris break this news to Caitlin that not only is she going to be hosting this, but these are certain things she can ask. These are things she can't ask. Like, I would have loved to have heard that. I would love a documentary of the behind the scenes of that. It's kind of the reason, in all seriousness, why I started this show and why Nick and I started it. Obviously, we were hearing certain things that people just information wise, we're getting it from a multitude of places and it just wasn't making any sense. But then also the perspectives we bring, right? I have worked in news and sports television. Nick has worked in education for forever. Like 
the, the perspectives that we're able to bring to inform you a little bit better. And then we talk to people who know what they're talking about, right? We're going to bring on experts, legal analysts, this and that. So you can hear, you know, and get more about the story itself, but we shouldn't be your only source of, of truth. There should be other people. And by the way, there's, there's no source of truth. It's like, it's the truth or it's not the truth. Right. <laughs> but, and that's a different conversation for a different podcast, but, but um, Caitlin Collins is not equipped to handle that. So in summation, from my vantage point, timing of it, Super weird, mid-May, 23, not an election year. Thought it was weird, right? Have that later in the year or the beginning of 24. B, CNN can do whatever they want. If you watch CNN and you're like, I'm canceling it because Donald Trump was was airing tonight on a town hall, that that's a you problem, okay? I mean, they don't have that many subscribers anyway, but that's a you problem. Like, you can watch that. You can stomach it or not watch it. Consumerism, as Nick mentioned. And then last but not least, CNN, if you're going to put on a television show like that, let's get some serious people up there. Like, let Jake Tapper moderate that. And maybe they did ask Jake. And maybe he said no. Maybe, you know, they go down Fareed Zakaria or some other people. You can't have Caitlin Collins do it. And I'm just, I'm taking this from a pure on-air talent perspective as somebody who watches these folks from a different lens than you may watch them. She's not equipped to handle that. She's just not equipped to do that. They put her in a tough situation and the outcome was inevitable because Donald Trump steamrolled through that as if nobody was up there with him. All right, when we come back after the break, speaking of steamroll, two guys that are going to steamroll the Twitter verse out there, Elon Musk, Tucker Carlson, a match made in heaven and a content strategy unfolding before our eyes. More on that when we come back after the break. Quick break from the podcast to tell you about the good folks over at Fresh Roasted Coffee, the official sponsor of the Can We Please Talk podcast. You know, Nick, I want to do this different, this ad read. You hear the music in the background, but let's tell the people about what we truly like about Fresh Roasted Coffee. I'm going to go first because I love their Colombian Supremo. It's my favorite K-cup. Everybody in my family has been ordering it. 
It's it, you can smell it when you're putting it in the K cup machine. It's just so delicious and refreshing to know that I don't have to go with some of these other brands that are out there that their coffee just doesn't translate into K cups for me. And you know I'm a big K cup guy, and I just I just love what fresh roasted coffee brings me in the morning. I know I can make my cup of coffee, make my omelet, have my breakfast ready to go. What do you love about fresh roasted coffee, Mister Mister Coffee Snob Aficionado? I love the fact that they've turned my They've turned my coffee setup into the best coffee shop in town. You know, about a mile down the road from me is a a coffee company known for a particular shade of green, shall we say. I haven't stepped foot in there since you've introduced me to Fresh Roasted Coffee. Love it. They have absolutely, this company, folks, I got to tell you, Fresh Roasted Coffee turned my home into the best coffee shop in town. Now, Mike talked about flavors. I am a vanilla person. Every time I order from Fresh Roasted Coffee, by the way, can we get 20? We'll make sure you save 20% off your first order. When I order vanilla, ha- the hazelnut, coconut, it's my it's my holy trinity of coffee, respect, <laughs> um, and it never fails. It comes in the box, ready to go. It's the perfect blend of flavor, but also strength, because when I wake up in the morning, I want a strong cup of coffee, but I also want to get that flavor too. And in a French press, as soon as I push it down, four minutes, of course, let it steep, just get it right. I'm good to go. And I'm blowing through the coffee. I mean, these folks at, at Fresh Rose of Coffee know every few weeks I'm calling in. And if you want to, folks, you can be a subscriber too, like I'm going to become. Mike, they've <laughs> they've turned my home into the ultimate coffee experience. I can't, I can't put it any better than that. I mean, you really can't sum it up better than that. And like Mr. Severi mentioned, you go to freshroastedcoffee.com right now. Not only coffee, they have tea as well. They're Positively Tea sister brand. But you put all of this stuff, you go onto their site, you take their quiz, you get the coffee, you get the tea, you get the mugs, anything you want. When you get to checkout, enter in the promo code, can we get 20 to get 20% off the delicious coffee. Head to freshroastedcoffee.com today. All right, Nick, I got a great show for you to watch, and it's going to be on a service that you love to use all the time. So check this out, Nick. Former Fox News host Tucker Carlson announced Tuesday afternoon I'm out. last week. Oh, never mind. <laughs> well, we well, fun while it lasted, folks. <laughs> he announced he's going to be returning to primetime news, this time only on Twitter. Two weeks after the longtime host, and obviously he's a controversial figure, he's done so much for the former Fox News employer, even making 20 to $25 million a year per some different reports. I don't know. I haven't seen his contract. I would love to get at least uh, a smidge of that money one day in my life. Uh, and he was dropped by the network after the defamation case with Dominion Voting Systems. He went on Twitter. He posted a video giving some vague statements about his departure, not really mentioning Fox by name. And then recently he came out with a video talking about there's He's going back to uh, places where free speech won't die, right? Limits in the story, blah, 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 blah. He said, Twitter is the last big platform that permits free speech. And again, in these contracts that these anchors tend to sign with networks, um, they sign non-compete clauses. Non-compete meaning that, hey, he can't go run to CNN, MSNBC, Bloomberg, Reuters, Al Jazeera, any of these networks and go start something until X amount of time, right? And his show technically was supposed to run through 2025. 
So he couldn't take his show to any other networks. There was talk that Patrick bet David and his multi multimedia company wanted to offer Carlson like a hundred million dollars. So now he's going to be doing this show on Twitter. Interesting to see like what comes of it traction wise. We know how much the platform has changed a little bit under Elon Musk. I have my own takes about that. Uh, it's not a constitutional right to own Twitter. Like you, you don't have to have a profile on Twitter folks. If you didn't have one, life continues to move on. If you don't happen to have social media, right. They can do whatever they want because they're not regulated by the government. So, um, and we leave that there in terms of that's a fact. That's not Mike Leon's fact. That's an actual fact. Um, Nick, when you heard that Tucker Carlson was taking his show to Twitter, what were some things that were, I mean, you never watched his Fox show anyway. You don't watch the guy anyway. I tend to put him on to just hear two minutes of something. Two minutes. I give him two minutes. It's like the, it's like an NBA uh, or, or like an NFL drive. Two minutes. He's got a two-minute warning. I give him two minutes. I listen. And then normally I check out. On Twitter, short-form content tends to perform better than long-form content. So I'm curious to see what Carlson's going to be cooking up for this Twitter audience that has changed not only demographically, but ideologically on Twitter after Elon Musk made this purchase. What do you think of Carlson's move to Twitter? Well, you know, Musk has said since buying it that he wanted to create, I forget the words he used, but like this bastion of free speech. It's always funny because, you know, it's usually the most far right people that talk about free speech, right? <laughs> like it's, you know, they're the ones that always feel the most threatened and, um, avoiding of canceling and all that nonsense um so i'm not surprised right like this makes a lot of sense um i'm curious how this will get monetized because i think elon's been trying to find ways to monetize twitter the the blue check thing was a colossal failure um people are getting it back because most notable people like lebron james were going to pay for it um so i think putting on programming like tucker's show you know makes a lot of sense i mean tucker still draws a huge audience obviously you know the beautiful thing about twitter is you can just block people i mean i think the former president is back on twitter i wouldn't know because i think the first time i heard he was back on i immediately blocked him and no. every now and then you know the algorithm seems to direct me to you know the most heinous of people on the far right and i just i just do you know press he, the little matumbo button he's he's oh, actually funny enough he mentioned twitter in the town hall we didn't play it in the in the montage there but he said he doesn't use it. He's like, I would rather use Truth Social. So just funny enough that he, he mentioned. Yeah, well, and Truth Social is worth about as much as toilet paper in my bathroom at this point. So it's, you know, and shockingly, yet another business venture that topples under this bozo. But uh, but so I'm not surprised that Twitter becomes the space uh, for, for Tucker's program. But like any, you know, anyone, you know, you put out content. I'm curious how this will work. Uh, I have seen, I mean, I've seen some other programs where it's posted through Twitter, like audio only, right? So you can immediately listen then, or it gets converted to podcast and then you can catch it later. I imagine Tucker's going to want to have his face visually there because he can't get enough of it seeing his own face. So there will be a video component, but I'm just curious because this, this seems like a smart decision, but you know, knowing that Elon is trying to figure out how to monetize Twitter that there's going to be some kind of price point, or maybe this starts to move into the place of tiered pricing. Like we're seeing with a lot of other, um, a lot of streaming apps are currently moving down this road. So maybe Twitter does the same thing. So to get Tucker's program, you kind of bump up your, your services of which I wouldn't obviously want to do that. Um, 
Yeah, but for Tucker, it's this is the this is the end around to not being able to get back on a TV network. And you know, if the money's right, then I, I totally understand. You know, I'm not as angry about that as I am about the Trump and CNN thing because you know anyone anyone can get on Twitter, and as you rightfully bring up all the time, you know, it's it's a privately owned company. If this person, if if Elon wants to have anyone given space, he can do that. I will be curious, though, because as a person who proposes or is allegedly a proponent of free speech, are we going to see, you know, people on the other side of the political spectrum suddenly promulgated on Twitter the way Tucker's program will be? I'm I'm just curious about it. not that it has to happen. But if this apparently is the great bastion of free speech, then, you know, are we going to see some kind of um, opposition to this? But I will say that there are plenty of people on Twitter, noticeably on Twitter, folks like. Congresswoman, um, you know, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who will skewer Tucker as soon as he pokes his head out of the hole. Right. So so we'll see. I mean, it just it continues to make Twitter potentially a more and more difficult place to be. If all you're trying to do is just stay in the know with like entertainment and some political news and stuff like that, you know, giving someone like Carlson a platform um I get it. And again, as if you're a seasoned enough Twitter user, and I'm certainly not, you learn how to mute things. Like, I mean, Tucker's name will suddenly be all over Twitter. So you have to be savvy enough to recognize, well, let me block certain things or let me mute that. So I don't have to hear that conversation. So one of the beautiful things about Twitter, which is also true about television, you can choose your own adventure. You can manipulate the service the way you want. I've certainly blocked people. I've certainly um stayed away from certain conversations because it's not it's not what gives me joy it's not what i enjoy participating in on the discourse on twitter so in the end yeah it's just it's just a money move obviously and yeah i guess welcome back tucker well you know it's funny nick because as we're recording this uh musk just named linda yaccarino i think i'm saying her name properly as twitter's new ceo She's the former NBC Universal advertising boss. Um, and so in the next six weeks, she's going to be taking over. I think recently in Miami, there was a conference that Musk spoke at that she moderated. And maybe they've known each other for a while, or maybe they just struck up this friendship. But she's going to be taking over now and running Twitter as the CEO. And it's interesting that to see this, him hiring a new CEO, we know about the, the drastic layoffs he's had over the last couple of months, you mentioned about the Twitter blue service. And now, you know, obviously it's been mixed success with that. I don't even know if it's been successful or not. And then there's the content part. I always say this, it's not in the constitution that you have a right to use Twitter, use it or don't use it. Don't give me the spiel that you want to be on this platform, then complain about it. And then give me the long message that you're leaving Twitter. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Okay, folks. Like these are the things that I'm talking about. When we when we talk about R and D, get out of that, and it's right wrong. Twitter is a privately owned company. It's a social media app. You can use it or not use it, right? If you use it, when you hit accept all, when you come into the platform, that's you. Read those terms of service. Read that privacy policy. As somebody who's built that stuff, read it, because then you will realize that none of this is yours. This is not your environment. So if your feed, Nick, or anybody else listening is a bunch of right-wing stuff, Charlie Kirk and Dan Bongino, hey, man, delete the app. Don't use it. Same thing on the other side. You know, if you're coming in and AOC is the first person you see up there and Corey Bush and, 
and you're seeing Rachel Maddow, you don't want to see that? Delete the app. Complaining about it to you and I or complaining about it on Twitter, on the same platform you're complaining about it, that's not going to do anything. So it's a privately owned company. In terms of the Tucker stuff for me, it's very interesting because <clears throat> I think I mentioned, I'm not sure if I mentioned, the NDA, right? That I think I mentioned it. The NDA, uh, excuse me, not the NDA, non-compete. The non-compete that Tucker signed, um, I'm curious to see how that shakes out because from a legal perspective, and neither one of us are lawyers, um, those things have a lot of language in them and they list out specific competitors that Tucker can't leave for. Now, when Tucker signed that deal and when it was amended, was it updated to add Twitter, Facebook, some of these other social media companies that were starting to create content engines? I'm not sure if in his contract, it specifically mentions a social media company that he can't take his show, Tucker Carlson Tonight, or any of the other Tucker Carlson originals to that service. So I'm curious to see the legal battle that's going to shake out from that without having to seen the contract. I just know the way on-air talent contracts are structured. We've had a, a bunch of on-air talents from Fox, from MSNBC, from PBS that have been on this show. They're all going to tell you, if you're in demand, and you host a show that's highly watched, right? Um, they're going to put something in there that says you can't leave for a while. And with Tucker's deal ending in 2025, I'm curious to see how that shakes out. We leave it there. As always, you can check out the video portions of any of our interviews or even some of the content we've done in our segments over on our YouTube channel. Type in Can We Please Talk Podcast. Hit the subscribe button for me. Pretty please. We're growing every day. Shout out to everybody that watches us over on YouTube. Shout out to everybody that listens to us. Audio podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, Good Pod. Shout out to Acast, our hosting platform. We can't do it without them. Can't do it without a throat lozenger. I'm going to need after this episode. And we can't do it without each and every one of you that listens into this program. Sends us emails, DMs, text messages. We appreciate it. As always, I'm Mike Leon. And I'm Nick Saveri. We'll see everybody next time. on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.